People First podcast is sure presented by people with learning disabilities for our friends and community. We talk about issues that are important to us and interview interesting guests to find out new information. This is our way to make the difference. Hello, and welcome to People for Podcast. Today, we are speaking to Bob, who have been working with us to become a dementia friendly offer. We think that it is very important to be more welcoming to everyone. We ask them questions so we can learn more and share it with everyone. So, thank you, Oliver and uh, Graham, for inviting me here. What has been Dementia Friendly all about? Okay, so what's Dementia Friendly all about? So, it was set up by the government way back, I think, about 2013, 14, possibly, and it's an initiative to help organisations and individual members of the public become a little bit more knowledgeable through five key messages. Um, and those five key messages, if they're learnt by people and applied uh, in their lives and to organisations, should enable people with dementia and their carers to be able to access services better and to feel more included in society and carry on doing the things that they like doing. Why is it important to be dementia friendly? So, as I've already touched on a little bit, people with dementia can find that they can get sort of socially isolated. They might not be able to go to the things that they enjoyed doing in the past, or they might think they can't go to the things that they enjoyed in the past. But if we can make lots of places where hobbies and interests are undertaken more dementia-friendly, people can carry on with whatever they enjoy. At the moment, I'm working with a gentleman who enjoys cycling, and he has some friends who take him cycling in a little cycling club. That's being dementia-friendly. Having an afternoon cafe where you have the sorts of records on or tapes on that people would enjoy with music from the past is being dementia-friendly. But just as individuals, we can all help people with dementia by being understanding and patient and kind. Really, being dementia friends is just like being an ordinary friend, being kind and friendly. There some of the symptoms of dementia. Okay, so symptoms of dementia vary from each person. Typically, many people begin with memory issues with some sorts of dementia, particularly with Alzheimer's disease. But there's lots of other symptoms. So that might include increased agitation. It might include confusion or lack of reasoning. Um, And it might include withdrawal from from activities that they used to enjoy. Or it might... The opposite of that might be that somebody becomes more outgoing than they used to be. So the symptoms vary depending on um, where in the brain the the damage has has been um, activated. 
and it also depends on the support that the person has, the environment, their own health, their lifestyle and their physicality. Oh, and that demand you. Do you have to be old or people that you That's a brilliant question again, Graham. So generally, age is the greatest risk to dementia. But although we know that one in 14 people over 65 have dementia, we also know that at least 42,000 people under 65 have dementia in the UK. So younger people under 65 do get dementia, and not all old people get dementia. Why is it that dementia affects people's memory? So the brain has two different parts to it which help people with their memories. One is called the hippocampus, and one part is called the amygdala. And the hippocampus part of our brain stores factual memories, like the colour of the car that you had the first time you drove a car. Whereas the amygdala part of the brain stores your emotional memories. So how much you enjoyed driving that car the first time you drove your car. And when the brain gets diseased and so people have dementia... Some parts of those amygdala or the hippocampus get affected and the messages in the brain can't communicate across the person's brain as well. And so their memories are affected. And people can remember a long, long time ago, but they sometimes can't remember what they've had for breakfast this morning. So sometimes long-term memories are really good and sometimes people are very forgetful about today. What are the parts? of people with ten dementia effect? So the effects on people can uh, vary from person to person. This week I've been working with a person whose walking's been affected so that when she gets up out of a chair she's what some people might call shuffling because the message from her brain to her feet isn't going as properly as it, as it used to do. It might affect people's ability to know what time to go to bed. Part of that's reasoning but um, sequencing, but part of it just might not be able to settle to go to sleep as much. It might affect their ability to drive. Some people can continue driving when they get a dementia diagnosis. Other people are asked to stop driving. But there are lots and lots of things that people can carry on doing and it's the things that people can carry on doing that we need to think about. Do you have any thoughts that could help us understand dementia better? So, when I saw that question, I thought, shall I tell this story? And I thought, yes, I'm going to tell this story. It's a true story. And it's the story that happened to me in my very first week of working for the Alzheimer's Society. I'd got a job at the Alzheimer's Society without really knowing anything much about dementia. I'd taken off a few facts off the, off the website and managed to do a good interview. But I didn't really know much about people with dementia. And I went to a wellbeing cafe. 
and at the Wellbeing Cafe, I saw lots of older people in the 70s and the 80s coming in, either on their own or sometimes with their wives or their husbands or their partners or their friends or their family. And some of them were using walking sticks and simmers and shuffling slowly across the room. And one man in particular, he had a lovely smile and he asked me to sit down next to him and his wife. So I sat down with him next to him and his wife. And he had used a simmer frame to get across the hall. And his wife had assisted him to sit down. And so I made an assumption that this gentleman would probably sit and talk all afternoon and not take part in the dancing. Very soon after, the dancing started and the um, gentleman playing the guitar played a rock and roll song from many, many years ago, probably in the 1950s. It was a song called Rock Around the Clock. I don't know if you know that one. Well, as soon as the music for Rock Around the Clock started, this gentleman with dementia, who was well into his 80s, stood up on his own, took me by my hand into the middle of the hall in front of all these people who I didn't know, my new colleagues and all these other people, and he started rock, roll and shaking me around. He would literally have thrown me under his legs if he could have done, but because I'm a super large person, he didn't quite manage to do that. After two to three minutes of exhaustive dancing and a massive amount of clapping from everybody who was watching us, I had learnt a lot about dementia. I'd understood. First thing is don't stereotype people and people with dementia, their body um, memories sometimes can override their physical health. So although he was a really quite a poorly gentleman and he really did use a simmer frame for walking, his memory, his muscle memory, could go back into 1950s and do the most amazing rock and roll dance. And I think, yeah, that, I hope that helps you to understand dementia a little bit as well. Is it possible to live normal dementia? So I guess I'm going to throw a question back to you now, Graham. What's normal? I wish to have a normal life. I feel fantastic. Yeah, it's a great life. A normal life is a happy life, isn't it? So people with dementia can live happily if they've got the right support. Many people with, with dementia are happier than their carers because they don't always understand the impact of the disease on, on their life and their everyday living, to be honest. Um, I've worked with lots and lots of people, some of them who have carried on working for, for a while, some have definitely carried on driving for a long while, they've gone on holiday, either on their own or with their families or their spouses, they've carried on with their hobbies like gardening or pottery or singing or playing an instrument. Many of them can carry on making their meals by themselves, having a bath on their own and making a cup of tea for quite a long time until the disease um, gets more progressive and then things become harder. So people can live what is a, quite a normal life for a long time, but it changes. So that change, people have to adapt into the change, change life. And so you might call it a not normal life, but it becomes their new normality. And people like myself at the Alzheimer's Society were... Our whole purpose is to sustain people to live as well as, as possible. What 
just read those. It's about someone on my dementia. That's a good question, Graham. So if you're worried about somebody and they haven't got a diagnosis, you're just worried that they're starting to forget things or you've seen them put things in the wrong order, doing, doing something, you might suggest to them that they go to see their GP. And their GP will do something called a mini mental test. And this, then, this is just a few questions uh, which will help the GP to see if uh, how orientated the person is to today. The GP might want to do some blood tests. They might ask the person to do have a scan. And depending on what happens at that stage, the GP will then refer on into something called the memory clinic across Bradford and, and Keighley. So what happens then is at the memory clinic, and unfortunately there is a long wait at the moment, the memory clinic would um, do some more assessments. A psychologist would talk to the person and do some activities with them um, to, to see how well they can do each activity. And the consultant would also talk to a family member or a carer uh, or a spouse about the person's history. If they can't remember all the history, person themselves might tell them the history but the carer or the friend or family member can also inform the consultant about the sorts of difficulties the person is having as well as them telling the consultant about their own difficulties the consultant puts all the information together from the scan from the blood tests from the tests with the psychologist from his conversations and his observations and he can make a diagnosis so that's what we should do if it's most people who you are worrying about with dementia, if it's somebody with a learning difficulty who lives in Bradford, in the Bradford area, then I think my best advice is to say, by all means, go to the GP, but also consult with your Waddy Loves um, nurse. Um, perhaps don't wait until the next annual assessment. Perhaps ring up now and just say... The just explain what you're worried about and ask whether or not the Waddy Loves team can do um, some sort of dementia screening that's appropriate for somebody with a learning difficulty. Now, you might be worried about somebody who's already got dementia. So if you're worried about somebody who's already got dementia, then you'll probably want to help them get the right support. So there's lots and lots of organisations that can help carers across Bradford. Um, the Alzheimer's Society has, has, has been working with people with dementia and the carers for the last 14 years in Bradford. Unfortunately, um, from the 1st of July, um, the Alzheimer's Society won't be operating in Bradford. Um, the contract will be with Community Links. However, the Alzheimer's Society will still have the dementia support line nationally, so you could contact that number on 0333... One five zero three four five six, and the national helpline would be able to give you lots and lots of information and support, and they would probably actually be able to signpost you onto our advisors who are transferring to community links. I'm really apologetic, but I don't have a new phone number yet or an email address, so I really can't give you it. Maybe when I'm at community links, I can come back and do another podcast with my community links hat on. I hope. Well, I've been the best.
part of the mentor that we have done. Oh, so I've been at the Society since 2011. And in that time, I worked as a befriending manager, which is a fantastic job, which is where you match up uh, volunteers with people in their own homes to have a little bit of uh, a chit-chat and maybe a game of dominoes or work in the garden together. But unfortunately, that that ceased as well. Then I was a trainer um, for uh, the Alzheimer's Society and I had to go all over the north of England training other staff about safeguarding and record-keeping. And that was a great job during the times when I was with the staff, but there's a lot of travel and um, I also had to work at home on the other days on my own, and I, mean, I, I felt quite isolated. Although I did have to go to London about every six weeks, and I did enjoy going on the train. Then I became a dementia advisor, and since 2013 I've mainly done that job. And the best part of doing being a dementia advice, advisor is seeing the difference each day that you make to the person or the families when maybe you've told them about attendance allowance or council tax exemption that perhaps they didn't know about or a group that they didn't know about. It might be a memory club, it might be a meals club, it might be a daycare centre um, or just supporting a person through an emotional crisis. They've, they've all been really good. But as a dementia-friendly communities coordinator, which I've done for the last year, um, there's been loads of highlights this year. Um, it's probably my absolutely best job in the society, although I have enjoyed the others. Um, and I'm not just saying this, but the work I've been doing across the learning disability groups has been one of the best pieces of work I've done. And I think this podcast and the quality of your questions just shows the the degree of interest that your your organization has now got in in dementia um and coming in here and working with the different people and the staff and your members has just been an absolute joy and i wish i could remember that question that one young member asked when i said that was the best question i've ever been asked and i can't remember the question i can i can it was a young girl at the other end of the table and she just asked the question and it stunned me because it was such an insightful question and i know i answered it but i can't remember what the question was and i just wish that I could have remembered that. So I've had such a pleasure going round different groups in Bradford, and particularly Keithley. I'm going to Ilkley soon to work with some groups with uh, people with learning difficulties. And I really hope that the impact of that work helps people with learning difficulties access the support to dementia at an earlier stage, and that families feel supported. That's all our time for today. Thanks for coming, Beth. We really enjoy your time on the show. You helped us share all of this great information with our listeners. Do you have anything else to add before we sign off? No, I think I'd just like to thank you again, um, Graham and Oliver, for your, your time this afternoon. And uh, for if you can pass that on to the rest of your members. That has been brilliant to come back. Were you to be able to do that? Thank you very much, Bob.
Remember to like, share and follow the show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can find us by searching for The People First Podcast. Thanks for listening.